Hi, I'm Adrian Maiman. Welcome to I'm Also, where we talk to people with multiple careers, pursuits, or hobbies. Today, we're talking with Dunk Wilson. Dunk has achieved something most of us only dream of, the action of chucking in your day job to pursue your passion. His idea was pretty unique. He wanted to cycle around the coastline of New Zealand on a bicycle, and now he has a book out about this awesome adventure. Hello, Dunk. Hey, Adrian. Thanks for talking to me. That's, that's not a problem. Not a problem. Not a problem at all. Um, my first question is um, riding a bike. So what were you doing before you got on your bike? Well, I was working at MediaWorks in Auckland. I'd been at Radio Live since 2009, middle of 2009. So I was well over the five-year mark. And I realized I'd moved to this wonderful country from London and never really gotten to know it. It's it was sort of like living in living in a in a house in a wonderful street full of wonderful people and never looking over the fence really. I'd, I'd cooped myself up in uh, in in the big city in the big smoke, and never ventured. No, I'd ventured out a little bit, but never really gotten to know every every square every square centimeter of the country. So I I set out to literally conquer every square centimeter of the country on a bike. Uh, so actually, you were. Sorry, you weren't already a big explorer then, sort of a out and about. Well, there were inclinations. Type. There were inclinations. Uh, I grew up as a scout. My parents took me camping. We walked up a lot of mountains in Wales and Scotland and actually none in England growing up. So there was some sort of hints that one day I might want to return to that kind of lifestyle. But also my 20s, university had, had hit me in the face and I'd become very, very lazy and very complacent that life was just going to continue and didn't really rediscover my, my passion for exercise and fitness and, and wanting to look after myself until my early 30s, really. So, um, yeah, I it sort of cut, it followed on from that. Also, people started asking me out on tramps and, and to explore the Waitakere Ranges here in Auckland, which, are, you know, if you've ever been there, a, a second to none for a rainforest clamped onto the side of a massive city i mean i can't there's probably other places in the world that that come close to matching it but it really is it's second to none they're, they're, unfortunately they're closed now but that's another story uh, yeah, so i was getting yeah. asked down on tramps and things and i was like i really like new zealand outdoors i need to see more of it and so i guess there was sort of multiple inspirations that came and um and sort of put me back into that s- sphere where i was able to to latch onto the skills I'd learned as a scout and being able to fix punctures. I'd learned from my dad when I was eight, six, however many years old. And so it was nice just to sort of reconnect with some of those things and, and get out there and, and experience. And I think life is, is about experiences and the more experiences you can, you can rack up on your, on your experience CV, uh, the better and the more wild, weird and wonderful they are, uh, then, you know, full, full marks to you. Yeah, it's true. So, was it hard to leave the job? Or did you get sort of nervous? And you know, a lot of people get cold feet and chicken out. Yeah, well, just... I, I I didn't have a mortgage. I still don't have a mortgage. And I didn't have a mortgage, and I sold a car, so I didn't have any debts or anything. And I had this sort of lump sum of cash in the account, and I just thought, I don't want to spend that on another car and stay just doing the same. I don't want to leave the job and start a new. Most people leave the job and start a new job, right? So I didn't want to leave yeah. the job on a Friday, say goodbye to my colleagues, my workmates, and then Monday morning rock up 8.30 to a new job and just carry on with life, that being the norm. I just wanted to, to twist the play a little bit and uh, and see what else was out there uh, on offer in life. And it turned out that 
you know, taking that gamble, taking that risk, which wasn't a huge risk. Like I said, I had a little bit of cash in the bank and, and some, some good people rallied around. I was able to put my sister and her boyfriend at the time in the flat I was renting in Auckland. So I didn't have to sort of totally clear out all my stuff. Um, so I was able to, my flatmate at the time was able to sort of keep, keep the flat on really as it were. And, yeah, I was just in, I was in a kind of lucky situation in certain certain ways, really. So that that made it a bit easier. But at the same time, it still felt like, oh, where's money going to come from now? Ooh, oh, I hope tax returns all right. And oh, I hope I hope there's a bit of cash available from this, you know, from selling this old item of mine. Um, and I did I, I sold a bike and a few other things before I went. So I was able to recoup a little bit more cash as well before leaving. But yeah, there was certainly a, a risk. It certainly felt like. Oh, I don't actually know how much I'm going to be spending every day. I have to set a budget you, now, won't I? Yeah. You didn't um, know how long you actually got. You didn't know how long it was going to take either, did you? Sort of. No, I had an estimate. I had an idea. Uh, I I thought, well, if it took 18 months for Brando Yelovich to walk it, that's the coastline of his his yeah. coastline route around New Zealand. I thought a bike is about three times quicker, so it'll take about a third. So let's go six months plus a little bit for rest days and stops. So let's go six and a half to seven months. And it wasn't it wasn't that far off. It was eight months in total, and that was after several weeks of me being broken after the accident and the bike being broken after several accidents as well. So uh, repairs all up and everything. Eight months, I don't think it's not a bad not a bad time. Yeah, yeah. Did. The deep philosophical question is, I guess, did you learn anything about yourself? All that sort of yeah, well, deep meaning? I, I still am learning about myself. There's a, <laughs> there's a pining for for the feelings I had every single day. And the feelings, the emotions were different every day. This was, this was partly down to the environment and New Zealand and the people I'd meet. Uh, but the, the emotions, no two days were the same emotion-wise. But then there was a sort of a, a running theme in the background throughout it all as well which kept me going which is sort of chasing chasing the goal wanting to explore just thirsty to to get from a to b every day um and also this sort of discovery of a i guess it's a one-track mind once i once i decide i want to do something and i'm sure in myself that i want to do something then i'm going to just go out there and do it and i think most most of us have that to, to some level but certainly found it um raring to go in me and uh, and it hasn't hasn't really subsided i decided to write a book afterwards and thought yeah yeah i, I want to do this i'm just going to get through this and the book in many ways was, was harder to complete than the cycle ride um yes honest. i read that i read that i thought i thought that was quite an interesting comment in the book that the, why was the yeah. why was the writing so hard because you get swept up in life it's 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 you're looking backwards, very backwards looking and it's, it's historical uh, in, in nature because you're looking back at what happened a year ago or six months ago or, or however long ago and trying to write about it. And most of our lives are spent looking forwards. We, we, you know, we have fond memories from the past and we have experiences from the past that we like to, to, to look back at. But we, sh- we should never dwell on those for long periods of time, you know, no matter how happy they are because you can take what that good thing is and, and project it forwards. And it was it required a lot of energy to look back that much to get this down because um, it was never intended to be a book. It became a book by accident along the way. People suggested it to me. A couple of people, yeah. friends suggested it before I went. They said, you should write a book. And I just thought, this is pie in the sky stuff. You know, I, I don't have a book in me. What's what's going on there? And then some people read some of my stories on social media as I was going around and, and said to me, you've got a book in this. And it was only about probably halfway down the North Island on the first leg down. So between Auckland and Wellington on the East Coast, somewhere between East Cape and the wider wrapper, I thought, yeah, maybe I should start taking this seriously and take making some notes and, and, 
and taking photos of more inane things, memories that I might want. Not doesn't have to be photos of beautiful scenes or me in an incredible place. Just something I might want to remember in a few months' time when I'm writing about it. So I started doing that and logging it a lot more seriously, and it made made it a little bit easier. But also, when you come off a thing like that, you've got money to think about and jobs you've got to think about how you're going to survive yeah. again because your lump sum's gone and you're now paying rent again in a in a town or a city so there was obviously i had to work full time so I've, i wrote the book around a full-time job pretty much i took some months off but the money really did dry up and yeah. after after eight months or so of that i, I had to go back to work so yeah it, it takes it out of you working a full-time job and trying to write a book but hats off to yeah. anyone who's done it i know what you've been through yeah, yeah, and you, yeah, and was it hard getting a publisher? It was, I mean, I guess that would be yeah. a tough part as well. Or was just, well, I guess you got a good story to tell, haven't you? Yeah, well, it's it's the story, isn't it? And it's it's yeah. the fact that it's it's a unique thing. Most cyclists wouldn't touch what I did with a barge pole because they yeah. love their bikes too much. And what I did yeah. was was terrible for your bike. And we all learned this at a young age. Salt and sand are probably the two worst things for a bike. Just as throwing coke is. On a, on a copper circuit board is the worst thing for copper salt and sand is probably the worst thing for for the gears and the uh, the inner workings of a bicycle so most people most right thinking cyclists who enjoy the whether it's a single ride a week on a sunday in in the sunshine or or go out seven mornings a week would never dream of taking their pride and joy you know a thousand two thousand four thousand dollar bike on a beach and grinding up some sand not not long term anyway and not not for eight months straight so it was it was a bizarre thing in that respect and a lot of cyclists i ran into didn't really cotton on to what i was doing or or yeah. rate me too highly in their estimation for taking so long to do it but um the uh the story's pretty unique and the the, the folk i ran into as well helped make make the story incredibly unique because it's, a, it's yeah. a snapshot of new zealand in that year in that time in that place yeah. and yeah. and it's there's some order to it in that we we were we the bike and I were drawing around New Zealand as closely as you can using a bike and a GPS to uh, yeah. to, to map the shape of it. And I can confirm New Zealand is shaped the way the maps say it is. Yeah, because you mentioned that in the book about how New Zealand's obsessed with the shape of New Zealand. And I read that somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Obsessed may be a strong word, but certainly we, there's a there's a yeah. The shape of NZ is featured very highly in in Kiwiana culture here and you see it as as you know you see it everywhere you see it on tattoos on the backs of people's legs and arms you see it on mugs you see it on t-shirts just the shape it's synonymous with the word new zealand in a way because you see that shape and even people from the other side of the world sort of go oh yeah that's that's a country and i know exactly where that country well i think that country is near australia but i know roughly where that country is most <laughs> people think yeah yeah uh, yeah and just yeah and just on the bike it wasn't like you had the top of the range run, was it? It wasn't like they, um, you sort of had all the bells and whistles. It was sort of a um, mid 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 range bike, wasn't it? It wasn't sort of the. No, the, no, yeah, the... it was. You can pick one of those up for about a, a eight hundred bucks to a grand, I think, and then add a few mods on it. I had a few modifications to it, but it was a Merida Big Nine five hundred of the year, so twenty fifteen model, in black and red, nice eighteen van colours, uh, the bike barn gave me, and. The idea really was to to bust around on a on an average bike as an average rider. I'm not. I wasn't super fit. I was sort of average average fitness and learned a lot of fitness on the way. So the idea was an average person can do this ride on an average bike, and uh, it's a sort of 
I guess in a way a promo for the uh, the bike in its own right. Um, yeah. But then the sand the sand did play havoc at times, and there were there were a few issues. I was probably carrying a little bit too much weight with uh, with with uh, my rear luggage rack and everything so um there were a few problems along the way but you know that's eleven thousand kilometers so it's not a it wasn't just a sunday ride in the park once a week for for three years you know it was um it was some serious serious grinding we got through a few chains and a few things along the way uh but i was very very proud when we got to the end of that bike because some bits survived the entire distance some bits went went the distance like the front wheel for instance and the front Mm. tire did the whole lot with me and i and did you end up in Taiwan or something promoting the book? I saw there wasn't. I saw something on Facebook. There was a picture of you on a bus or something. Yeah. Well, like never underestimate. You know, if you're thinking about taking a risk, you've got an opportunity. Never underestimate the other opportunities that may come from from this thing. So, off the yeah. back of being able to claim this, you know, stick a flag in the sand and claim this cycle ride and write the book. Uh, yeah, I have. I, I was taken to Taiwan a year ago. There's an annual um, event called the Formosa 900, which is a ride around around almost the circumference of the island. It's 900 kilometers. And they flew flew some of us out there to have a little taster session. I was there for about five days this time last year. Uh, had, a, had a wonderful time. The bike I cycled the New Zealand coastline on, um, Merida is actually a Taiwanese brand. So, um, and they make an awful high percentage of the world's bikes in Taiwan. Uh, a lot of them come out of the Merida factory, sometimes under other badges, I understand. So, yeah, the, there's a link between the bike ride and Taiwan. And it just so happened that Taiwan Tourism got in. We're looking for some someone with a bit of everyday media experience and cycle now and, uh, and, and flew me out there for a few days and had a great time. Wonderful country. Very similar. It's sort of it's the New Zealand of of uh of asia really in lots of ways it's an island nation bunch of hard-working folk living there and uh incredibly friendly folk as well and uh yeah real 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 cool place a sort of a sort of um as safe as singapore but grungier and more chinese feeling in a way um which was mm. yeah a real real cool experience to uh to be out there for five days had a great time and have you got any other big adventures planned, or you know, it's getting prepared for? Or yeah, getting prepared. I'm just I'm I'm psyching myself up for running 90 mile beach with no shoes on, as you do. Uh, I feel like if I can just, I've had a few injuries lately, which just gets you down a little bit. It's important not yeah. to. Um, but yeah, certainly trying to perfect the running. I'm trying to. Um, I'm not ditching the bike. I still go out on the bike an awful lot, but I'm just trying to move on and try and do something that test me in a different way and i feel like uh, a barefoot run up a beach new zealand's second longest beach would be would be pretty cool and i'm always toying with either a massive tramp i've, I've got you've, i've got to do cape ringer to bluff someday but not the usual way and i haven't figured out exactly what the unusual way is yet um and then backwards. there's the whole backwards maybe what's that backwards just backwards. walking, literally walking <laughs> backwards yeah it could be dangerous you come <laughs> Um, might have a few more accidents than I did on the bike ride, and then um, and then there's the Fjordland problem as well. Which, if you read the book and have a look at my maps in detail, you know what I mean by the Fjordland problem. But you can't cycle Fjordland, uh, well, the coast of Fjordland, very easily. So yeah. yeah, I'm sort of figuring out whether I have it in me, or if if someone's willing to come to the party to help me cycle that. But obviously, it would have to be on water. I don't think there's a a bike that will handle those steep rock faces yet, but. Um, certainly keen to to investigate whether there's a way of cycling from Tuatapuri down the river out onto the beyond the ocean for a bit, and then into some sounds into uh, into the fjords, 
and then pop out at Jackson Bay, which is the uh, the southern end of well, the junction of Hust. There's uh, another little road that goes south for 50 k's or so, and then you get to a place called Jackson Bay, um, which is uh, is a is a cool little um, cool little spot actually, um, right in the depths of nowhere in the west coast. But almost wasn't. It was almost a huge settlement. They had a, a port there, and some ships were coming in, and people. It was yeah, it was looking like it was going to be one of the big towns of the west coast once upon a time. Once upon a time. But in the West Coast, it's full of stories like that, which I've since uncovered. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe there's something historical in an adventure. Maybe, yeah, um, the ghost towns of the West Coast fascinate me as well and how these, these gold settlements nearly were, but no longer are. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right, I now figure. we come to the, the plug the book section of the interview. Oh, have we not done that yet? Oh, no, I'm going to – not a big plug. I can plug the book. Do you want to plug the book? I Go. can plug the book. Well, it's 237 or 248 pages of sheer Kiwi adventure nonsense. In there, you'll find uh, some things that may inspire you, some things that you may be able to relate to, some things you will find amusing. Um, I can't give too much away, but I had to escape a house sit in Dunedin because the guys, it wasn't actually the guy, it was the guy's place didn't appeal to me too much, too much broken glass lying around and power tools on the bed for my liking. I didn't like what I what I felt there, so I, I upped it and, and ran off. I, I ran into a, a three-person cult, shall we say, in, <laughs> in North Canterbury and didn't escape them. Spent the night in a tent in the garden, but, uh, but upped it and left as early as I could the next day. I raced up the west coast in beautiful sunlight uh, only for the first rainstorm to hit and that evening a bridge that i'd been on just hours before had been swept away and i had an awful crash on the queen charlotte track on possibly the easiest section i was warned well i wasn't warned i was made complacent by a lady in nelson's eyesight uh, who had ridden the Queen Charlotte track and said to me, oh, the last eight Ks, you're going to find them. I did them, and I'm no I'm no good biker, but I found them so easy. And I managed to crash on that section wow. there, having negotiated the harder sections of the Queen Charlotte track. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of silliness, a lot of fun, um, but you can follow the journey right round. You might get some ideas. You might get some advice for cycle touring yourself. You might get some ideas for, for, for what not to do with your life. Uh, but for for uh, the price that the book is, and it, RRP is at around forty, but I understand that some websites are doing it slightly less. Maybe uh, you get I a good quality. I got mine for thirty nine ninety nine. Thirty nine ninety nine. Mine. Save the cent, mate. Save the cent. I'm I'm stoked. <laughs> I've got uh, but thank you for getting one. Um, and if if you if you get the book and you enjoy it, uh, please do let me know. It's even if you don't think it's for you, it's it certainly makes a good Christmas, nice easy Christmas gift. Christmas on the way. Nothing better That's than ticking a really easily, isn't it? The Big Loop, Biking Coastal New Zealand by Dunk Wilson by Bateman Books. Available this is not a guide. Available at all leading bookstores. Yeah, thanks. Sorry, I, I cut over you there. Just wanted to make a point that it's not a guide. You can use it as a guide oh, if yeah. you want, but I don't rec I wholeheartedly do not recommend this trip. Bits of it, it I do. I'm trying to do the whole thing. Please don't. Unless you really want to, then be my guest and be in touch and I'll try and help. Excellent. Thank you. Pleasure. Pleasure.